Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And we are revisiting a listener favorite topic, which is the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Wait for it. Do you hear that? That's an entire audience groaning. Oh, because we're, no one likes the Manic Pixie Dream Girl? Because the character, I feel like people are just exhausted by this woman, this, this imaginary woman. Yeah, people are a little bit weary of the MPDG, but I thought that we could revisit it or rather eulogize no. the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, even though I will say Fall TV has started, which means that America's favorite Manic Pixie Dream Girl, Zoe D, back on for a new season of New girl. I one one day I might watch that. Oh, it's enjoyable. Okay, it's fun. I might. I don't know. I just you know I, I I'm more watching other things. She has beautiful bangs. That's what I've heard. So, what about the death of the manic pixie dream girl? Well, yeah, she was declared dead. I know she was having such a moment <laughs> she was. in 2012. Her life was cut so short. And when we did that podcast, we got so many emails from people yeah. saying that they, they knew of the trope. They had seen it. They knew real people who were doing this. They knew Manic Pixie Dream guys. And now, April 2013, Monica Bartzel at The Week says, you know what, MPDG? You need to retire. Yeah, she says that the whole trope has devolved into what she calls laziness and sexism. And she said the first really negative bad sign about this whole thing, this trend of referring to female characters as Manic Pixie Dream Girls, is that Annie Hall was included in the group. And that's like you just hear glass shattering in your mind when you hear people referring to her as that because it has adopted such a negative connotation. Right. And people would take offense to a character as beloved as Annie Hall right. being called little more than just a vessel for Woody Allen's own personal development. Exactly. And then July 29th, 2013, New York Magazine's Kate Stoffel says, you know what? Not only is the MPDG retired, she's just dead. The term has lost all meaning. Yeah, she did. So Stoffel points to the moment MPDG was over for her. And she says the Manic Pixie Dream Girl completed her life cycle when a male filmmaker, and that would be modern love essayist Madison Perry, uh, realized that his own real-life MPDG was more complicated than the girls in the movies that he watched and wrote. Movies which in turn inspired women to think of themselves as MPDGs. Although Larbersella at XOJ encountered that, you know what, they are not dead, although she only used old examples to cite that. But she said, no matter what, guys like Madison Perry are always going to need and want muses and love seeing pretty young things. So, of course, she will always exist. Although I will say that I did agree with uh, Virginia Pasley, who noted a while ago, actually, over at Slate, that the MPDG has come to mean every female role that's comedic or even the slightest bit quirky. In fact, it's starting to feel like an undeserved insult. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like the, the MPDG is dead because we have assigned too much to her. Right. Yeah. The this this 
little sketch of a character is is being crushed under the weight of all of the baggage that we're putting on her because, as many people have brought up, it's being applied to almost any female character willy-nilly who is anything other than completely 100% serious and in a drama. I mean, this term is being thrown around... And nobody seems to even be able to agree on what it means anymore. Yeah, she made her debut originally in 2007 from the mind of AV Club film critic Nathan Rabin. And then she hit peak exposure. And now I think she's so recognizable that writers probably wouldn't want to put her in screen on screen. And this came to mind when uh, I was reading a New York Times article not too long ago about how on the small screen, at least... The new trope is the completely crazy go-getter, essentially, where all of these women are kind of borderline insane and work too much. You know, you have the Liz Lemons, the Leslie Nopes, the Carrie Mathisons of Homeland, Mindy from the Mindy Project, Hannah Horvath, although she doesn't work all that hard. She is, you know, a little bit kooky. They're these strong female protagonists who still have a touch of that manic and whimsy, but they're just the center of things rather than just being a sideshow. Right. And what they the point that they bring up in that article is that if you the crazy defines them, you know, you have a character like Monk on that show who like he's totally crazy with all of his OCD, but it's the source of his power and he's beloved for it. Whereas you have a a character like Carrie Matheson or, you know, uh, Mindy or even Leslie Nope. And if you take away they're crazy, they kind of cease to be the the type of woman who the show would revolve around. It's like that's their only good defining characteristic. Although I don't know, I love Leslie Nope one hundred percent. Well sure, yeah. I and I love Liz Lemon as well. Um I also have an affinity for cardigans and I dated a guy who wanted to start a food truck. It became scary for a while how closely my life paralleled Liz Lemon. But I would, I'll say this though. For that reason, I'll totally take this over the ubiquitous manic pixie dream girl, although her, her meaning might be diluted. So I think, I think with this, we gotta, we gotta replay the episode on manic pixie dream girl and let listeners decide for themselves if she is totally played out and dead. Shall we? We shall. The arrival of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl is usually preceded by some kind of close-up of him in bed, but yet with bags under his eyes indicating sleeplessness or substance abuse (laughs) or a montage of his life slowly falling apart and his his clothing becoming more and more disheveled. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And then, you know, a little burst of pixie dust arrives on the screen. (laughs) Exactly, just like a Muppet or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Rabin, his definition for this character is basically that she exists solely in the fevered imaginations of sensitive writer-directors to teach broodingly soulful young men to embrace life and its infinite mysteries and adventures. Or, as Anita Sarkeesian at Feminist Frequency puts it, she is a shining beacon of childlike joy that will rejuvenate our fallen hero. And that sounds great. Yeah, but what about her? <laughs> Yeah, well, she'll just, she'll flitter away on some wings that she's crafted out of tulle and <laughs> glitter and lace. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. She she just falls by the wayside because 
she doesn't really matter at the end. It's really the transformation of the male hero, who is almost always straight, almost always white. Same thing, and we'll talk about race in a minute. Uh, Manic Pixie Dream Girl, a very cookie-cutter kind of white character, too. Um, and in addition to Elizabethtown uh, and Zoe D in... The new girl. And All 500 the, Days of Summer. And, yeah, really 500 Days of Summer. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I've, I gotta say, I have seen every episode of The New Girl. I am a closet, now out of the closet. I just came out fan, as a fan of that. This is quite, a, that's quite a change from your attitude when we talked about the TV show back on our TV episode. Yeah, I mean, partially it is my lust over her glasses, which is <laughs> great. Um, but no, I, I find it enjoyable. And there's actually one episode where she's confronted by Lizzie Kaplan, who plays a more serious female character about being so girly. And she's just like, what? This is who I am. I've always liked being crafty and cutesy, and it doesn't mean that I'm stupid. And that's part of the argument. That's a lot of the debate going on online, I feel like, is you have these people who are saying, you're a grown-up woman, you're talking about kitties and cupcakes, I'm not going to listen to you. Mm-hmm. But then there's this other group of women saying, like, so what if I'm girly? That doesn't take away my power. But then there's that third little middle argument that says, okay, you like cupcakes, but did you like cupcakes before this whole trend came along mm-hmm. in pop culture? So... Yeah, um, and just quickly to name, I guess, a couple more movies. This pops up in Garden State. Oh, yeah. Natalie Portman's character in that. Uh, you have, going back, uh, the AV Club also did a post on, I think it's 15 or 16 movies featuring this trope. And they even cite Annie Hall mm-hmm. as a manic pixie dream girl. Bringing up Baby with Katherine Hepburn. Yep. Saying that it goes way, way back. But um, in that Gloss article that you mentioned, why are... MPDGs getting dumber. Um, they say that from Catherine Hepburn down to Zoe, she's become she's lost her agency. Yeah, it's just kind of become a caricature mm-hmm. of a of a carefree, fun loving, independent, strong female down to somebody who sings when she's nervous and bakes cupcakes. Which, not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, I like cupcakes. I do too. Shoot, man. Just because I don't bake them. If I, if I, if I had more time. <laughs> uh, yeah, as New York Magazine pointed out in September 2011, um, there's also grumbling about alt hero- heroines of the past. People like Winona Ryder and Parker Posey who were, had the same quirk, uh, but they had more of an edge to them. They, might have left by the end of the movie because they just wanted to, not because they they poofed into a a glitter bomb <laughs> and left. <laughs> that sounds like such a mess. Once you get glitter on you, you can never get it off. It's everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that um, Zoe Deschanel's character and other Manic Pixie Dream Girls could just irritate the heck out of somebody with all their, like, sweetness and everything. But, you know, I I think that maybe the argument that they're very flat, two-dimensional characters is not always warranted. Yeah, I mean, and I think that Zoe Deschanel herself would agree with you, Caroline, on that point. Uh, She said at one point, quote, that people equate being girly with being non-threatening. I mean, I can't think of a more blatant example of playing into exactly the thing that we're trying to fight against. I can't be girly? I think the fact that people are associated being girly with weakness, that needs to be examined. I don't think that it undermines my power at all. 
Right. But then part of the argument goes back to, okay, well, what are we doing with this power and what are we doing with this girlishness and cuteness? Um, over at the Gloss, Jamie Peck back in January said that she, she actually hates the Manic Pixie Dream Girl because while this character, this woman, has some pretty amazing intentions behind her, some pretty amazing characteristics, she, those characteristics, like living life to the fullest, are often uh, made to seem trite and easily mocked. So uh, Peck was saying, basically, like, I share some of the characteristics of this stereotype, this trope. Mm-hmm. Like, I have some of the same freewheeling, carefree, independent attitudes. But characters like this, the media portrayal of women like this, is sort of ruining it for some of us, <laughs> basically. Yeah, and there's the whole concern, too, of like, well, are we creating this message that men, what men need are, are girls, really, rather than more level-headed women who might not have the time or the desire to frolic in a meadow, you know, who, exactly. might, who might enjoy their blackberries and cubicles more. Yeah. <laughs> right. And the the women versus girls debate and what men want was brought up by Willa Pashkin in The Vulture back in February. And she she said that this whole thing does kind of shed light on um, how women are choosing to portray themselves to men mm-hmm. and what they think men want. And so if there's this whole cutesy like, ah, manic pixie, yay, let's run in the rain kind of thing. And they go for it and they end up just looking like little girls. Yeah, and it's also very heteronormative, a Mm -hmm. white heteronormative trope that I think uh, gets to a lot of these feminist bloggers, Um, and especially when it comes to that issue of race. It's something that the blog Racialicious has talked about. For instance, uh, blogger Tammy Winfrey Harris uh, wrote a post called, Who is the Black Zoe Deschanel? And um, she says that the persona of Manic Pixie Dream Girl is bound by class and race in that it's just this perpetual childhood and whiteness. She says, whereas black women might be portrayed uh, like a boho Lisa Bonet or more of the Earth Mother Erica Badu, they're never carefree and childish. Yeah, Harris points out that often in the media, uh, African-American women can be strong women, aggressive women, promiscuous women. Um, but they're never, they're never that same like, haha, kittens kind of portrayal. And she says even black girls are too often viewed as worldly women and not innocent. Well, and that's because a lot of times, uh, African American characters have tropes of their own that you're, they're, they're used with in movies to teach other people a lesson. They're their own, you know, manic pixie dream girls in their own ways where, you know, you'll have a, a magical Morgan Freeman come in and teach the stuck up white lady a lesson about how she needs to loosen up a little bit. And then he'll go and you'll appreciate her transformation mm-hmm. instead. So since we've talked about race, um, you know, how we don't see this trope reflected in the same way um, from people of different colors and ethnicities. What about gender? Where is the Manic Pixie Dream guy? Would the Manic Pixie Dream guy be the same? Would he come flitting in with his own color of glitter and throw it at you and then kind of flitter off and disappear after your transformation? Uh, Does it work the same? It will. 
It's funny that you asked that. Uh, there's a post on Nerve about this. They argue that an audience would not want to see a woman left on her own. That that would be more of a tragedy. That even if a manic pixie dream guy like the character in uh, Under the Tuscan Sun who comes and revives Diane Lane from her, from her woes and breathes life back into her body and soul, even though he, spoiler alert, ends up you know, not being with her in the movie, we are still left satisfied because someone else comes along to take that place. Right. Just when you think. Right. Beautiful Diane Lane in her Tuscan villa. What a shame. She has the magic guy who comes in and, you know, and takes care of her and gets her on her way to taking care of herself. And then once she is, you know, her own person, then she has someone else <laughs> to uh, enjoy being with for the rest of her life. Exactly. For the rest of her life. But, uh, yeah, they, uh, at Nerve, they say that male free-spiritedness is often portrayed in a negative light. And they say, I'm looking at you, Don Draper. Yeah. Because it's, it's just not the same. Well, it's the whole, it goes to the whole uh, dating logic of, you know, women not wanting to come across as too needy. You know, the fastest way, I mean, and I'm and I'm quoting, uh, you know, stereotype now uh, the fastest way to, to get a man to be attracted to you is to be unavailable you know whereas uh, men who are free spirited they're just going to be bad boys and they're going to leave you and they're just going to probably collect lots of STDs and end up hurting you at the end of the day uh, so yeah manic pixie dream guy would be someone that you know all of your friends would tell you to stay away from probably yeah who are the manic pixie dream guys out there I dated one did you yes I did how did it? Did he have glitter? Uh, no. Um, although I remember one night he ran into him and he, his nails were painted. Uh, but he was whimsical, you know, <laughs> and he he left as quickly as he came. Mm. So, but it was it, the thing is, it at, months down the line after the relationship, it I realized that it did sort of force me to a point to where um, it, it, it did kind of make me. And do some positive things with myself. Good. Beyond my normal scope. Interesting. I'm not saying he's necessarily the reason why, but uh, it was a step along the way. Yeah. So there's been so much made of this manic pixie dream girl trope. Uh, and we want to talk about it because a listener had, had written in about it. But it, it's also been something that I had wanted to explore. And I didn't realize that it, the, the term has only been around since... 2007, but my goodness, how much attention she has gotten. And I wonder why she's gotten so much attention. It's a, it's a cluster of contemporary films, um, and yet she arouses so much debate. She does. Well, I mean, yeah, you have to wonder what's going on in, in the writers' minds that this is happening so much all of a sudden. But I like the distinction that a lot of these writers have drawn between characters like Zoe Deschanel and Natalie Portman and um, Kate Winslet's character in... Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yes, ma'am. Because she is that dream girl. She's kind of kooky and crazy and fun, but... She's portrayed as having real, actual problems. Yeah. And so that's what, at Slate, they pointed out that the the difference between a manic pixie dream girl and a just, you know, independent, kooky female character... Or kind of like Kristen Wiig in Bridesmaids. Right. It's the sense that something's actually wrong right. with the manic pixie dream girl. Yeah. Um, I'll be interested to hear from our listeners what 
what everyone thinks about it. Whether it's being, you know, is it too big of a deal? I mean, uh, Anita Sarkeesian over at Feminist Frequency links all of this to uh, the problem of the female muse. You know, you think of Warhol, Dylan Picasso, Woody Allen, all of them have cited, you know, these female muses in their life who are the inspiration for their great art. And she says, you know, Manic Pixie Dream Girls serves a similar thing with fictional characters to, you know, they're way too... Um, they're a cipher to allow them to do great things with their lives. And she takes issue with that because she says, well, these women should be standing on their own. But at the same time, I don't know. I think sometimes we might be making too much of the uh, high-waisted dresses and cupcakes. Yeah. Uh, and also, I think people need to <clears throat> need to tone it down as far as hating on other women. Yeah. I mean, yes. Would I choose to associate with some of these women in real life? Maybe not. Like, seriously, take your kitties and go elsewhere, yeah. lady. But, I mean, that doesn't mean that I think they're less of a valid persona or personality. No, I think that's a good point. I think in the in the argument, it's a slippery slope because in a lot of these arguments that are calling these tropes out for, um, you know, maybe not portraying women as well, it, it does quickly crumble into women hating on women. So let's build each other up. Let's eat our cupcakes together. Yeah. And, you know, manic pixie dream guys, you can you can come to craft night as well. Well, so we hope uh, you enjoyed reintroducing yourself to the manic pixie dream girl. I don't know. What do you what do you think, Kristen? Is she dead or is she just transforming and getting reincarnated as something else. I think that elements will obviously still live on, but I don't think that we will see it to the extent of, say, a Natalie Portman in Garden State because Mm -hmm. she was so overexposed. Right. So I think this is us bidding a fond farewell. Well, I, I feel that the character will live on. She will be very strong. I think she will just take on a different name. I think MPDG is going into the witness protection program. And I will say this about Zoe Deschanel. While you might call her a manic pixie dream girl, reading interviews with her, she's a smart, intelligent woman who says, oh, yeah, sure. You, you, you think I'm foolish for liking bows and vintage dresses? Well, what's her bleepity bleep quote from Glamour? You know, she says that I can be a... A blank feminist and wear a blank, uh, Peter Pan, Peter Pan collar. collar. Why, you know, just leave me alone. Yeah. So I think that doesn't sound like a manic pixie dream girl to me. That sounds like a woman who is very self-actualized. Yeah. With just great big eyes and great bangs. Such good bangs. So send us your letters. Momstuff at discovery.com is where you can send them or you can always send us a note on Facebook or tweet us at Momstuff Podcast. And we have a couple of notes to share with you. Right after we talk about Audible.com, which, Caroline, is the leading provider of downloadable digital audiobooks and spoken word entertainment. That's right. Audible has more than 100,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded to your iPod or MP3 player and played back anywhere, anytime. You can choose from books in every genre, from science fiction to history and more. 
So go to audiblepodcast.com slash stuffmom to get your free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. And listeners of Stuff Mom Never Told You might like to use that free audiobook download to listen to Lean In, Women, Work in the Will to Lead by Sheryl Sandberg because we are still doing that four-part series on Lean In. So you can listen to it for free. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash stuffmom and sign up today. And now back to our letters. Yeah, here's one from McKenna about our Instagram episode. She says, I've never used Instagram and don't post selfies, but I admit I've taken a few. My reason wasn't mentioned in your most recent podcast, but I feel like it might be common and relatable. I'm 22 and looking better than I ever have or probably ever will again. I don't want this time of my life to pass pictureless. When I'm old and wrinkly, but probably still suffering from acne, I want to pull out a picture and remember that I I was once a 20-something to die for. It might seem a little vain, but when I was in grade school, I was voted the ugliest kid in my class. Adolescence wasn't much better, and it's only been the last couple of years that I've developed any social or fashion sense. I will gladly immortalize my 20s with the occasional selfie, but of course, it's always better when someone else snaps a good picture. Thanks for everything you do. I love the podcast. So thank you, McKenna. I totally get where you're coming from, McKenna. Sure. <laughs> Says the girl whose crow's feet are already coming in. Uh, and by girl, I mean woman. That's all right. So I've got a Facebook message here from Natalie, and she needs a little advice, Caroline. Okay. And I want to share this with you and also with our listeners if they have any advice as well. She says, first of all, we got to give a shout out to her best friend, Kelly. Hey, Kelly. She writes, I work as a horticulturist at a country club. Everyone else on the grounds crew is a man, and sometimes this makes work difficult. My boss can be somewhat of an unintentional sexist, saying things like, you're a woman, you know it looks good, or you're a woman, you pay attention to detail, thinking that he's giving me a compliment. These are things I'm good at, but I work very hard at it. He has even asked me if I was on my period in the past when I was upset over the way one of the other men on the crew treated me. And I've also had the issue of pranks being pulled by some of the meaner co-workers. Just today, I found that they had filled my work gloves with mouse poop. I'd like to come up with a way to work these issues out without more conflict occurring and so everyone can work together happily. I feel so lost and don't know what to do. You guys give such great advice. I was hoping you could help. So how do you get your coworkers to stop acting like nincompoops? Nincom mouse poops. Nincom mouse poops. I don't know. I mean, um, it sounds like it's kind of more serious than, I mean, it, it started out sounding like, uh, whatever, they're just insensitive or ignorant, but it's starting to sound like it's bigger than that. I don't know, maybe start out when he says things like, well, you're a woman, you know what flowers are pretty. I mean, can you, can you joke back? I mean, not joke, but like be snarky back and say things like, well, you're a man, what are you doing playing with flowers? Not that I encourage uh, the uh, divisive, you know, gender norms to perpetuate or anything, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I do know what you're saying. And uh, that could be a great place to start. Kind of a little bit fighting fire Mm -hmm. with fire. I don't recommend that you turn around and fill anyone's gloves up with poop. 
Can she just talk to him? Can she just talk to her boss and say, listen, I'm the only woman on the crew, and I worked really hard at this, and I'm tired of just being looked at as the only woman on the crew. I work hard. So. Yeah. I mean, if if that's possible to approach him confidently and in a concise, you know, stern manner say that i think that's absolutely a possibility and maybe pair it with um you know when they fill your gloves with mouse poop without even cracking any sort of expression on your face turn right around and dump that mouse poop into one of their lunch boxes yeah i mean if anything i think in this case humor is going to be your best friend because uh being too outwardly sensitive about it might only egg it on mm-hmm but you might be able to diffuse the situation by being a little more humorous. Yeah. But really, I do want to hear from other listeners if they have advice on this, because I've never been the only woman working in a place. And I know we've heard from other listeners before who are in really male-heavy uh, in, in work environments who get along just fine. So any advice? Help Natalie out. Thanks, Natalie. And Kelly. For listening. And thanks to everybody who's written in. Momstuff at discovery.com is our email address. You can message us on Facebook as well and tweet us at Momstuff Podcast. You can hang out with us during the week on Tumblr at Stuff Mom Never Told You. Tumblr.com as well as on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You. And of course, on YouTube for new videos every single week. All you have to do is go to youtube.com slash Stuff Mom Never Told You and subscribe. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.